We are back. It's always game day in Cincinnati. It is game week by week. Feels like it's two to three billion weeks and we're back. Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm great. I will say this. I don't know if you're a Swifty, um, but I was able to get two tickets for the Taylor Swift concert today at the wow. stadium. The reason I'm mentioning it on a Bengals podcast is I feel like I'm helping fund the Joe Burrow contract extension to have Taylor Swift at the stadium that any of that money, a little percentage, which I'm doing research as we speak on what they make off of that is going to the Joe Burrow fund. Oh, that's cool. Um, not a Swifty, but that's okay. I am a fan. I am a fan of uh, the opener, Phoebe Bridgers. I think she's great. She's well, you'll a, have to tell me more because I do not know the opener, and those are low key. They never get enough credit, and they end up. She's being really a great. she's a sad girl indie artist. Oh, cool. Yeah. I will. I will get to you when it's six twenty nine. The concert's on six thirty, and you could tell me everything <laughs> about her. Uh, but I'm excited. But yes, I was just going to mention that because I am. I'm putting money towards the Joe Burrow Fund contract extension. That's what's happening, and that's why there's probably an additional concert at Pacor Stadium uh, that next day to make as much money as you can. No problem with that. Moving ahead, it was a big week. Uh, the Bengals got back to a really light practice on Monday, but exciting news: DJ Reader's back. Oh, man. I mean, we we kind of felt there was some optimism going into the bye that DJ Reader could possibly return. I think I tweeted that DJ Reader is going to return after the bye, and I misspoke because it was the, there's a potential. We're going to revisit it because Zach Taylor watches what he says when it comes to injuries. But I feel like it's optimistic news. They get back to practice on Wednesday, and we really get a feel when it comes to the injury report. But he's out there. So I feel optimistic, and when the players and coaches kind of feel optimistic in that conversation, DJ Raiders back, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot. So we can just look at what he does as uh, as an individual, like what he actually does, has an effect physically. What he does is he usually can play a gap, gap and a half or two gap, depending on the situation, on the center. So he's taken both A gaps, essentially. So and he runs up the middle – he's responsible and he'll make the tackle. He won't just get in front of him, make him change direction. He'll actually make that tackle. So it separates him from being a good nose tackle into a great one. This is his range on this stuff. And he even does it on wide plays when the offensive line runs horizontally, he'll run with them and make that tackle. He's awesome at that. And then he was actually doing a good job. He wasn't getting the toughest assignments. He'd face like um, Matt Farniak and, uh, Whoever the Jets left guard was in that game. Oh, it was Lakin Tomlinson, actually. So that wasn't that's a that's a pretty good player. <laughs> but like the Matt Farniaks of the world, he was facing them and he was beating them though when he got singled up with them. And that's all you could really ask for your nose tackle because what they do in the pass rush is just the the extra uh cherry on top. I I, I don't like the icing on top because cake should always have icing, but the cherry on top. <laughs> okay. Never really the, thought about it. <laughs> sorry <laughs> tangent <laughs> but the cherry on top is the, his pass rush everything else is what he does that's you know that's that's the whole cake and the icing is the run stop and then 
he's able to actually add a little pass rush juice on top of that. Not every nose tackle even as good as they are. Like Vince Wilfork wasn't much of a pass rusher, but DJ Reader, he's uh, he's not he didn't get any sacks, I don't believe, but he was just he was generating pressure and getting quarterback hits, and that's all I could really ask out of him. So physically, what he does on the field is he'll stop the run up the middle and he will have some effect on the quarterback as a pass rusher. We talk about the defensive side of the ball and obviously they lost Cheeto after the Browns game. When you think about Cheeto and DJ reader and what they were able to actually do without DJ reader while he was gone, obviously it's better when he's out there and I'm really pumped that he's going to be back soon. Uh, but what, what, who do you think is your best defensive player out of the two? Oh, DJ. I think DJ Reader is the best defensive player on the team. That's great news. <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like that conversation was pretty like a hot topic when you think of the best defensive players and they lost their best offensive player outside of Joe Burrow when it comes to Jamar Chase for now. And you think of DJ Reader and Cheeto, um, kind of that conversation, because it felt when Cheeto was gone, it was like, oh, they just lost their best defensive player. But now you get DJ Reader back. And I feel like it's just, pretty much at a very it's a key time and it's unfortunate for dj reader that he missed some of those games because i feel like we were talking about the conversation that this guy could be an all pro with just the way he was playing and maybe he finishes strong and he puts his name right back out there um and gets the credit so when you think of not going too much into the preview matchup with the steelers how's this guy going to impact the day because the weather could be cold where it's just going to be a run game kind of day against pittsburgh uh, I think he'll be Najee Harris's worst enemy. He kind of was in the first game. There was a viral clip from me uh, where uh, James Daniels tries to combo him and he's, <laughs> he's knocked off balance and he stops like 800 pounds of force on one leg. This is not where he tore his MCL. <laughs> he stops 800 pounds of force on one leg and throws James Daniels across the field and makes the tackle. I mean, just plays like that are going to be like, it's just going to ruin the day for the Steelers run game. Um, they'll still be able to attack the outside, the edges at times. And he does take breaks because it's hard to get a 330 pound guy to play 80 snaps. I wouldn't want that, especially on his first game back. You might actually see a little bit of a limit uh, on his first game back. I probably would maybe like 30, 35 snaps is what you're going for. And maybe just important rundowns and short yardage stuff. Maybe not too much as a pass rusher this week, but yeah, I think he's – I think, and not just what he's going to do in the run game, but I didn't mention this part, but the uh, effect that he actually puts on the rest of the defense is because he's so good at run defense, they can commit more to the coverage unit. So they normally have to commit an, an extra guy into the box for the run game, be plus one in the box, have each guy have a gap basically. Now you can kind of take one of those guys and push him back into coverage and not give him run responsibility because DJ is taking two guys' jobs. So, and they'll also be able to play slower, which helps the linebackers. They had to play a little bit fast. You know, they, they had to get across the face, get into the backfield, get a tackle for a loss rather than just kind of dominate and try to only limit the running back to two yards per carry um, each time. And now they can go back to doing that. And what that does is it lets the linebackers not have to take on blocks. They can just kind of sit there and wait and kind of mirror the running back and go make the tackle. And that's when they're at their best. So that's the a full effect of having DJ reader back. Now I did say he was the best defensive player. I think there's an argument you could make that maybe a Chidobe Wuzier when he's on, he as number one corner, maybe that's more important or has a bigger effect. Yeah. 
honestly, I just say I think DJ Reader is the best defensive player. And then when you get into the importance, I think it's just different levels because what DJ allows you to do is different than what Cheeto allows you to do, which is different than when Jesse Bates is on what he allows you to do or the game changing plays that Logan Wilson makes or Trey Hendrickson makes. So they're all really important, especially when they're on. But um, for me, I guess I just say DJ is my favorite. And uh, you're uh, DJ Reader Stan. We know it. Oh, yeah. I'm the number one DJ Reader Stan, I think. I mean, I was such a parody of myself when after the first week, I was like, I'm writing a DJ Reader article. I mean, he was he was dominant. I'm just gonna, I'm not going to shy away from who I am. I think and I agree with you. Getting him back is awesome. It's absolutely huge because not to look too far ahead, but you get this week against Pittsburgh and then, you know, who's coming up against the Titans. Um, that still terrifies me a little bit with their run game and what they'll face and what they'll need from DJ readers. So maybe it is a snap rep count depending on how he's feeling. And maybe that extra bye week really helps DJ reader that maybe he was ready to return last week. Uh, but you get that extra rep of just rest and ready to roll a hundred percent, but yeah, it'll be determined on what that looks like. But honestly, I, I know we kind of talked about this earlier this season on the podcast, but I think that's credit to hobby too, because what he's been able to do with the line as of now. And I know a lot of people talk about like Trey Hendrickson, we think of last year and he's really not getting to the quarterback too, too much. And maybe we see more of that in the second half of the season. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will say Trey Hendrickson is getting to the quarterback. Is he getting sacks? Not sacks. too much. I should say I think sacks. he's getting there though. I, I just want to clarify. He's he's doing You're good. Right. I know he only has like four sacks halfway through the season and he had like 14 last year, but chill. He's doing he's doing his job. He's doing a good job. He's forcing quick throws. He's affecting the quarterback, hitting them. That's all you can ask for. Plus, Sam Hubbard's kind of stealing some of those sacks sometimes. <laughs> you know, uh, the level sacks up from just, the other side helps. Sacks are just a number. I need to yeah, remember. Yeah, no, sacks are to me they're kind of they're kind of uh, as a as a statistic like noisy variance because you know it's a lot on the quarterback and the protection as a whole and like can the quarterback escape? Is he holding the ball too long? Blah blah blah. Just beating your guy and getting pressure that's more consistent. And Trey Hendrickson's still doing that. I believe he's still up there for leaders and uh, pressure rate. And a little disclaimer, I didn't mean anything bad about Trey Hendrickson. No, I know. I, I knew it's what you more meant. The, wanted, it's more the number. You know what I mean. Honestly, I that. just wanted to give a shout out to Trey Hendrickson, who started a little slow, but he's he's caught on. He's doing pretty well now. No, and honestly, when he's out there, that's a great thing. You never want to see the guy on the sideline. And um, he's been having a pretty good season, too. You get DJ Reader back. And kind of just talking more about the injured guys that are returning. Uh, Brandon Wilson, who... No offense to Brandon Wilson. I remember he had a Pro Bowl year a couple years ago, and that is absolutely amazing. But I kind of forgot about him a little bit. And and that I is... go ahead. I did not because uh, the return game's been pretty bad this year. So it has been, and but that's... I don't know if that's all Chris Evans either because when you watch, it seems like those guys are just flying down there with nobody blocking them, and I, I don't. I am not enough of a degenerate that I am grinding the all twenty-two on the kick return game because I also don't know enough yeah. about that. Um, when I, when I played any of that, I never played special teams. And when I did it in practice, it was basically like, go hit that guy. I was like, all right, sure. Well, their special teams is pretty, it's down right now. It, it's yeah. not good. I want to say Across it's like the in the twenties. It, it's 28th not, last I saw. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, not just the twenties. 
a lot of that's due to the punning side too. And then you get the Evan mm -hmm. McPherson misses. Um, yep. So unfortunately not looking too good in your return game, but yeah. So I low key kind of just forgot about him a little bit. I'm glad he came back. He, you know, obviously anybody who comes back from any injury, it's awesome. The guy could return. So do you think the Bengals, because we've talked about the return game on special teams, they put him out there on Sunday. I think so. Do you, do you? I don't know. I don't, I don't I just, know why you keep him if you're not going to put him out there. You're right. Because but he I costs like $3 million. Yeah, I, I was actually a little surprised they didn't do kind of an injury settlement if they weren't mm -hmm. going to keep him and he wasn't going to be someone who's a part of this roster the rest of the year. Um, so I I guess so. I mean, what's there to lose right now if you can't get a return game going? And, and Yeah, I just – I thought the chance, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I've been doing that a little bit. I feel like I'm wired I, from the I gym. Do it all the time. <laughs> um, okay. No, I just think Chris Evans didn't win the kick return job. Um, and it's not fully his fault. It's just the kick return game has been kind of meh. <laughs> and also he was, he was injured in the last game. Yeah. So that might be more reason that they send Brandon Wilson out there, but he had a chance to really just take that job and run with it. And I don't think he did. Not that it's fully his fault. That's a whole team unit, but if he was returning them like consistently, like the 30, 35 yard line and better than a touchback, or he took all the touchbacks when they needed and he got at least the 25 each time, it would be like, well, we might not need Brandon Wilson. Or even if he returned one for a touchdown, I mean, that'd be the real winner. But because he hasn't really done that, I feel like Brandon Wilson has the job as long as he's healthy. Yeah, we'll stick to the guys who are returning to the practice field right now. Mike Hilton. Everybody knows how Mike Hilton feels about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's coming back. He had a surgery. And I think he, Darren, or, um, Lou said he was in the meetings the next day with Cheeto, which yep. is just, it speaks strongly to the coaching staff and the players they have on this roster. I mentioned it on our podcast before. Cheeto was out there on crutches for the whole entire game. I know they found him a chair, um, so he didn't have to stand up the whole game. But on the sideline, Mike Hilton was there right after surgery to just kind of be there with the secondary and the defense. Mike Hilton going to be back out there and what big difference will it be when Mike Hilton's on the field versus what you saw when he wasn't out there, even though I know what they did to the Panthers. I think he has gotten better in coverage than he was in Pittsburgh. And then to go with that, he is just a menace in the run game. He will take on offensive linemen, tight ends, fullbacks, whatever, to go try to make the run stop or even just fit the run so that somebody else makes the stop. He's a very selfless player. He's also a really good blitzer, although the Bengals haven't gotten the most out of him there. Um, I think the Steelers did a better job with that, but I just think he's, he's a really good nickel corner. He's definitely just a nickel because he's, five foot nine or so, <laughs> but he's really good at his job and um, just plays with linebacker mentality. And you love to see it. I will forever love the Mike Hilton pick six when they played the Steelers oh, yeah. last year. That was just because I want to say that Joe turned the ball over. I want to say he had an interception and then they got it right back. And they were balling out, so it wasn't too scary. But I think they turned the ball over or they had to punt the ball. And then Ben, like maybe his first throw was a pick six to Mike Hilton. And it was nothing but green grass in the end zone. The only pick I remember from last year's Bengals-Steelers games was the deep one to um, – Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, maybe then, then maybe it was they had to punt the ball. I know that it was kind of like a little annoying because they were driving a little bit and either they had to punt the ball or it was a turnover. And the first thing that happened was like a Ben Roethlisberger pick six. And I could be wrong reliving that history. Uh, but maybe it was just the drive was disappointing where they didn't 
they didn't score, but they did score on the first drive. I'll never forget that Joe Burrow walked right in and uh, pounded his chest. They felt pretty good <laughs> about that first score. So I am, you're, oh, you're I trying to look it up, it up for you. You're like, I, I need to find out right now. I, I'm so curious. It's like, uh, okay, yeah, so maybe, I found maybe. it was in the second game against them. It yeah. was intercepted by Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, right after okay. Minka Fitzpatrick interception, he returned that for a touchdown. That was end of the half. That's why I was confused. I was like, I know that interception happened uh, right at the end of the half. Did the Steelers throw a pick six right before halftime? Yeah, they right before halftime. Yeah, and, and Mike Hilton ran it right in and because it was disappointing that Joe had the turnover and then because they were doing well, the offense was doing fine. That I wasn't it was just more disappointing because I wanted more points. And then all of a sudden Mike Hilton just gets a pick six and he runs right into the end zone. Uh and it was great because of course it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and everybody knows uh he does not like his former team that much. So uh that's always gonna be you know a fun conversation and good to have Mike Hilton back. Obviously, we'll get the injury report tomorrow when they hit the practice field. We'll know more about some of the other players who are returning. Who's a go as we get into Thursday and Friday? We'll have a preview and prediction for that. But next, I want to talk a little more Jamar Chase, the punter battle, and a look ahead on a Toys Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. A little punter tease. Again, they get back to practice on Monday. Had a nice little bye. A little conversation from Darren Simmons, special teams coach, before going into the bye, talking about, hey, they got to do what's best for the team. He knows what's happening with Kevin Huber. It's not going too great. If you look at some of the rankings right now, Kevin Huber's pretty low in the standings when it comes to NFL punters. The thing is, you never really want to punt the ball. But sometimes they had to, and it's not looking great. And I think the Monday night football game really stands out because everybody knows what the offense was able to do against the Carolina Panthers. But they struggled with field position so far this season, and Kevin Huber hasn't been great. Uh, what's going to happen? And were you surprised Drew Christman was getting some of the first team reps, but also Kevin Huber is still in the roster? I wasn't surprised Drew got some of the reps. I think we talked about that last week i want to say and we were just basically like yeah i think it might be time for drew to take the job because what kevin's doing is just not really acceptable by uh the punt runs punter epa he is i think the fourth worst punter in the league right now which is pretty low uh still ahead of steelers punter presley harvin but pretty far down there and that's not really acceptable you can find better punting not off the streets but as from UDFAs, my guy Ryan Stonehouse is top five. I want to just throw that out there. Bengals okay. should have should have heard me as the punter as a punter whisperer. I'll try to find the the next gem in this draft class. I really just picked Stonehouse because he had awesome hair. But uh, yeah, I I just think it's it's time for the change. But it does seem like they might not be going about it the way I wanted them to. Because if they're going to go with Chrisman, I don't want them to just kind of like kind of skirt around the topic and then end up just starting Crispin and making Huber inactive on game day. I kind of want them to be, go up to Huber and tell him what they're doing because he is such a long-term vet. And I believe as we talked about most games played in Bengals history. Yeah. I, I think those conversations could be happening. I guess I'm a little surprised if, I mean, yes, I know Crispin was on the practice squad and you already have a punter that's currently active on your active roster, but 
he was, yeah, on Monday when they had their short, light practice, he was with the first teamers on special teams. So I feel like that's telling. But also Kevin Huber did talk about it in the media on Monday, just kind of like, look, I get it. I'm not good enough right now. He knows what's going on. So I wonder what those conversations are like. And and like you just said, maybe they make him inactive and Drew gets the start. I feel like really Wednesday, again, Wednesday and Thursday is when you can really tell where the game plan's going. If it's not a player that's a vet that's sitting out and the starters are out there who's getting first team reps, you really know what side they're probably going to go on for that week. So I think we'll know more tomorrow and Thursday of the route they've taken. It does feel like we're talking about it a little too much. And I apologize because I made it a topic two week or two days in a row, but it's just a big change because Kevin Huber has been in that spot for so long. And you think of just how bad the special teams has been this season. Yeah, it, it's long-term vet. It's not like this is a guy that's only been with the team a couple of years. He's most over 200 play, games played as a Bengal. I mean, that's yeah. such a long time. He's been a punter for basically my entire – what, not my entire existence as a Bengals fan, but most of it and, what, at least the past decade. He was there in 09, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so it's it's been like forever for him. So – Sucks that he might be losing his job, um, but I do think that Chrisman might be the move. Because in preseason, they punted about equal, and it was like league average or so. And I think the tie would go to the experienced holder. But then Huber started pretty strong, I think, week one, and then he's just kind of dipped since then. And it's like, well, we need better punting than that. And I know the other guy punted better than that in the preseason, so let's give him a shot. Maybe what they're doing is giving Chrisman, like, a a dress rehearsal? I don't know. It's it's hard to figure out for me where it's like, if it was me, I would have just, I, I think you go to Huber, try to have the discussion and be like, we, we're going to go with the kid. Sorry. Yada, yada. And make the move. But it seems more, I don't know. They're kind of more beating around the bush of like, yeah, we might go with Huber, might go with Grisman this week. And if I was a player, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, yeah, that's why that's why I'm like, I would just be like, just just let me know. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing, Kevin Huber, if they do end up cutting him or maybe it's just they carry two punters, which is absolutely wild to me. Uh, but they might because who knows? But I don't think it's about the placeholder or anything like that, because I think it's pretty much they were both the same when it was training camp and then they see practice. Um, I, I I don't think it has to do with that. I, I do think it's just more of who they're familiar with when it comes to Kevin Huber. But yeah, we'll find out more this week uh, to be determined on what they do in the punter battle. Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase is still in the squad right now. Uh, they had the bye week. He was out for a few games, missed the Browns game, missed the Panthers game. The outlook course the national media when that injury happened was this guy could be out four to six weeks we're not doctors we're not going to predict his future when this guy returns i know you know some people are reporting it's maybe optimism uh paul daner my guy paul daner said they're they're you kind of hold out for the titans game right now um but maybe them eyeing kansas city as the return game again nothing 100 percent. zach taylor was asked about it again on monday he did not deliver a timeline and if i was a head coach even if i knew the timeline i'm not saying a word this injury from any doctor who's talked about it sounds pretty complicating but something that players can play with the rest of the season and for that guy to look the way he did in the atlanta falcons game to be dealing with that injury it's absolutely insane i feel like it kind of um, you know, lingered more in the second half, but still 
he was pretty unbelievable in that game to be dealing with an injury that he may have re-aggravated in that game. When you think of Jamar Chase and say you're putting your GM hat on right now and you think, all right, no Pittsburgh. I don't know about Tennessee. Is it more of how these next two games go? Or is it just kind of the outlook of the battle of those games coming up? You have Kansas City, you have the Cleveland Browns, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks, you have the Patriots, you have Baltimore, you have the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it is a full slate of playoff teams, maybe not the Cleveland Browns, but the look ahead is uh, it's like the playoffs start on Sunday because it's important to win that game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, especially because they don't have a good conference record. If they can get that conference record up, they'll get one of the main tiebreakers. Uh, for playoff for wild card because I, the division's not out of reach, but they have to finish a game above the Ravens. They don't just have to tie them; they have to finish above them, which is difficult, especially considering the Ravens' back half schedule. Even though it's any given Sunday, uh, for me with Chase, it's just when when he's fully cleared. I, I'm not even thinking about the future or anything like that because I almost think of the long-term future and trying yeah. to rush him back. And I think that's why they sat him in the first place. I think this, for whatever it's worth, I think they could have put him on IR. Yeah. They were just hoping he'd be back. Like, to me, it was never a big deal. If there was a chance he could come back, then I thought it was fine. And that extra roster spot, who's it go to? Just like That's exactly, so, no. A practice squad guy. It's like they're not picking up anybody that huge at this point. So I didn't, I didn't care too much about the extra roster spot. I thought if there's a chance he comes back, then you just roll the dice. And it seems like that's not going to work, but is what it is. So I just think about the long-term future. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a guy that's going to be hopefully with the team for the next decade. <laughs> it's like, Yes. The number one wide receiver in Cincinnati. I think you just worry about that. You don't worry about let's get him back here and make the playoff push this year. And I know this is like the window, but it's just got to make that playoff push without him at points too. I mean, the, the schedule gets tough starting with Kansas city. And that's when you hope the, that chase can come back. And honestly, the Titans they are an underrated team every mm-hmm. single year, but uh, you got to be able to win without him. And the, He's not the quarterback. He's important. The second most important player on this offense. He affects defenses without even getting the ball. As long as you're not, don't have a quarterback injury, you need to be able to win. Yeah. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point. A lot of people, if, if Jamar Chase does come back against Kansas city again, we have no clue. We have no clue. The only person that knows what's going on with Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase and the doctors. <laughs> they know what the outlook is. They might know things behind the scenes that is not out there when it comes to his timeline. But I just feel like, I think people need to understand this reaction of, say he, I don't see him playing against Pittsburgh. I still, I wouldn't put too much in the Titans, but again, we'll see what happens, what Jamar Chase looks like and if he's good to go. But if it is Kansas City, I think a lot of people will say, well, then why didn't they put him on the IR? They have Jackson Carmen as a healthy scratch right now. A roster spot is not an important thing at the moment. So I think, you know, obviously if he felt like he was good and he could return, then you roll with that. You roll that dice. Jamar Chase is good. He's good. Now it's like, okay, whenever he feels good. And I agree with you. It is a long-term situation. It's a long-term mindset when you think of your wide receiver. Let's think of the future. You still have that window. Right now it's game by game. And you look at a lot of NFL teams. I know how few people feel about the Baltimore Ravens, but – Lamar Jackson's down quite a few playmakers right now. 
there are a lot of teams without a Tyler Boyd, without a T Higgins, without a Hayden Hurst, without a Joe Mixon when he's on his game, when you look at the Panthers game and what we might see from the run game that would take this offense right now and say, I'd roll with it. 100%. I'll let my number one wide receiver get healthy while I get this offense going. And as you mentioned, you have number nine out there, Joe Burrow. I know there's, oh, Jamar Chase is the best offensive player on this team. You got to have a quarterback. Your quarterback is the, for me personally, that's how I see it, is the most important part of your offense. And you get Joe Burrow out there. You still got T. Higgins. You still got Tyler Boyd. You still have the weapons. So, yeah, the outlook needs to be what is best for Jamar Chase, not the oh, you got to have them out there because you need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs again and you need to see what happened just like last year, January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium at the time, having Jamar Chase against none, none of that matters at that time. It is about the future and you can still win games with this offense. We talk a lot about T. Higgins is a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. He's a wide receiver one right now and I, I mean, I think he is that good. Yeah. So he just has to show it. Joe Burrow going to be a $50 million a year quarterback. Those guys can win without their number one guy. And he's already done it once. Let's just keep seeing that. Joe Mixon, keep earning that contract just like he did last week. Keep earning earning those paychecks. Tyler Boyd, underrated, keep showing. You know, it's just like they've got the guys. You know, it, I know the offensive line at times is just not good. But at times it's also fine. And as long as they're performing at an okay level, I think that Joe Burrow has enough time. Even Aiden Hurst, yeah, that's another guy. It's like he's earning a new deal, with, whether it's with the Bengals or not. They're all just – they're earning a new check. And the defense has been performing pretty well during Chase's injury. Even the Browns game, they only gave up like eight points it's for so most annoying. of the first half and then 11 points at the end of the first half because of the missed field goal and all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. They performed fine in the first half of that game. The, the, the Bengals' offense just kept putting him in a bad spot. Uh, yeah, to me, I think these guys are good enough. They have to show they're good enough to win without Chase. And then when he gets back, the offense should just be even better because they showed they found a way to win without Chase. So now they don't need him and use him as much of a crutch as they were early in the year. Now they know they can get to all this underneath stuff, the intermediate stuff in the run game, and then Chase is there to take the top off the defense and maybe get some yak opportunities to – really threaten and make home runs happen. So I think when you add that on top of all the other stuff, that's when the offense is fully, all the gears are turning where it is right now is good enough. I think it's a good offense on paper. This is still a good offense, even without mm -hmm. Jamar Chase. So let's just, they just have to show it. You mentioned Hayden Hurst and there is a little reaction of why isn't he getting more involved? I still think they're nursing the hamstring just a little bit. And that could be something that a player deals with the whole entire season. And that's always kind of hard in season when you have a hamstring injury. So I think he's still getting the reps out there and he's a key guy. When you throw the ball to him, I feel like he's consistent. He gets it. He can make a first down in a play when you least expect it. So if you are, you mentioned the extension. I'm going to throw this at you right now if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and he continues to play what, what you've seen from him, pretty quality tight end. And I, besides Tyler Eifert and Jermaine Gresham, because I did have a disclaimer when I mentioned this before on the podcast, I think they value the tight end position of right where it's at. When you have a guy like Hayden Hurst, would you extend him going into next year? Yeah. Um, my first thought is something like, I don't know, three years, 20 million, just something that's like not, it's an upgrade from where he's at. He's at one, one year, three and a half million right now. 
but it's also not he's not a guy i would break the bank over he's a functional good tight end with some athleticism i think that's really valuable i'd give him an extension i mean you look around and i just try to line it up with when i'm making the big deals you know that that joe burrow and possibly t higgins extensions and maybe logan wilson are all going to happen around the same time but when they sign the extension that's still a good year to have a player on the book because most of that money is the next year and the year after just backloaded all the way so that's still a fine year that's still not gonna be a big cap hit and you can have the Hurst and these other players deals kind of run out right then and then you don't have to make the extension if he hasn't leveled up from there or if you're just like we can't afford to pay an okay, a, a pretty good tight end, or even a great tight end. Maybe they can't afford to pay a great tight end because they're paying Higgins, they're paying Chase, they're paying Burrow, and there's only so much mo- offense. There's only so much money you can put in the offense. So I would give them a deal. I would try to line it up with when the Burrow deal happens. Yeah, I, I think you, you talk about the, I'll make this quick, but the tight end position around the league, I still find the Jets one head-scratching because they really haven't involved C.J. Uzama into that offense. They but signed two tight ends around the same level. I thought that was just very... I'm- interesting uh because like if i send you zama i'd just be like okay we got we got a pretty good tight end yeah if i'm if i'm cj i'm like yeah i got the bank i got the money but man i was getting more balls from uh joe burrow what's happening over here uh but yeah no again no no cj uzama slander did great things when he was in cincinnati i just find it a head scratcher from the jets but we'll move on next on it's always game day in cincinnati is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We will have a preview prediction going into the Pittsburgh Steelers game on Thursday. But now, let's look ahead. The midway point of the season, which is really wild to me because I want to say some NFL teams don't get their bye until there's like one that's like week 12, which seems super late in the season to have a bye. And I, I would hate that as an, as an NFL player, but the Bengals got theirs pretty much smack in the middle. And I think that's a great time for a bye week. You get five and four, same spot you were last year, except for the division record, a look ahead. And I know one of the big things on Sunday when your team doesn't play is you look at all of the AFC scores and who's winning, who's losing, who's playing what AFC team. And if this team has a better playoff record, what you want that outcome to be. Some of it worked out in favor with Cincinnati. The Chargers game did against the Niners, but the others, not so much. You look at it right now, they're on the outside looking in. But the good news for the Bengals if they were looking at a wild card position and, hey, the AFC North's still there. I'm not counting it out. They play a lot of playoff teams and a lot of teams that could really help them when it comes to the AFC side. I don't want to say they only play one NFC NFC team, and that is the Tampa Bay Bucks in December. The rest are playoff teams, and I'm not counting the Cleveland Browns right now, and I know they get Deshaun Watson back soon. If you were to look at the last leg of the schedule, what record do you see in the path to the postseason? Ooh, Okay. I don't know if it's the hope in me That's okay. Uh, or if I think they win five more games and that gets them to 10 wins and 10 wins to me is enough to make the playoffs as a wild card. I don't know if they do. And I, I think you need to get those as AFC wins for the most part, but the hope in me says five more wins. What's that? Five and four, four, 
five and three. That's doable. I'm not trying to be too optimistic with like seven and one because that backfired when I thought they'd go like eight and zero to start the year, and that's that they, they should have honestly to be completely. Look honest. at the schedule. Look at the schedule. I thought it was a fine take. It was not. Uh, so I'm going five and three. It's slightly optimistic. I could definitely see what four and four. It's a tough slate of games. They're not a 500 team, but it's a tough slate of games. So I think they go five and three. I think you have to, if they are going to win six, they're going to have to sweep the division probably, and Mm -hmm. then take what they can out of the other three games. But I got them at five and three. I don't know. What do you think for the back half? So I have them at five and three um, because I agree with you. I think it's going to be the 10 wins that gets them in as a wild card. It might be the last spot in the wild card. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, but there could be other might teams. Might be traveling to Buffalo or something. <laughs> yeah, I could. Honestly, Buffalo could be falling in their rankings soon. They jump Yeah, maybe you're traveling to Miami. <laughs> Ooh, Miami 2.0. That would be a great playoff game. Um, would much game. prefer traveling to Miami just because it's not snowy and weird. But I still want the Bills Mafia and Bengals fans hanging out. I just, I just want that so bad. I don't want the friendship to end though either. <laughs> oh, oh, but I feel like it was one. It'd be one of those games where it'd be like, all right, we still like you guys. Now go beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We're rooting for you the rest of the way. Um, but no, I, I just Based feel like how the Chiefs fans reacted. <laughs> I, I'm not a Chiefs fan. Those people went crazy. That's why I need Joe Burrow to go three and zero against them. Uh, and not even talking playoff. I'm talking regular season right now. But I, um, but yeah, no, I see five and three. It's the wild part is when you try to pick out the wins right now. I think we're yeah. going to, I feel like we're going to know a whole lot more and you have, you have to beat someone in your division at some point. You really do. And I wouldn't I, I, five and three. I do feel pretty optimistic about it, but it's still frustrating to be at five and four because even six and three, which they had the opportunity to be six and three, look at week one. I feel like that's the hardest loss out of all of them right now because they should have won that game, even though, they gave the ball away five times. And the Steelers' defense, to their credit, played a heck of a game. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going offensively. They already – they look so much better this week, too. It's just whatever that effect T.J. Watt has coming back. He does. It's just like – it's not in the stat sheet. I don't know what to tell you because the defense looks terrible when he's gone. And he comes back, and it's like he's not even full strength. They just look like a much more complete unit. Whatever. They, no, they really do. Oh, they really do. I um, I hope TJ Watt is healthy, but I'd rather him just, you know, maybe sit this one out, maybe get a breather. Uh, that would be great. Doesn't really have to play this one uh, because it still terrifies me when he gets near my quarterback. But um, but yeah, kind of just the outlook going forward. I, it's just a, it's a little more irritating to look at. But as Joe Burrow said it best going into the bye, it was like, hey, look, we would love to be undefeated right now, but that's just not what, what the reality is. This is our schedule. This is our record. And you move forward. And maybe we do see a little bit of hope, a little bit of spark with this team, what we saw last year. The only thing that I just get hesitant about is your division record and who Baltimore plays. But this league is an absolute mess mess right now. I feel like it's a little, if you look at the top of the AFC, it's above average teams. You can look at the NFC and there's some strong teams sitting up at top at seven and one right now. And the AFC, this would be a great year to be the 2021 Bengals again, which they could do. And they could have that same record at the end of regular season and get in the playoffs and win a playoff road game. They won playoff road games last year, not counting the Super Bowl. You play in the hardest venue in NFL 
an, at an AFC championship game when I think Kansas City joked and said it was an invitational for NFL teams because, you know, they invite you to come play, but you're not you're not going to you're not going to get this one. Um, and for them to do that again, I I don't know. I take Lou and this team and, and fighting in a wild card game on the road and just being a joy and fun to watch. Would I rather there be some home playoff games? 100%. But yeah, I see five and three, but let me go back. If they are a wild card team, or would you rather this happen? Would you rather them win the division, beat a random team week one, or be the wild card team and smash Baltimore in the wild card playoff game? And Baltimore wins the division. Oh, so they're winning week one either way? The playoff first They're winning the week one either way, but would you rather be against Baltimore, who just put on their T-shirts, who just put on their hats? They're fresh right out of the box, those AFC North hats, and you're like, hmm, sorry, hope you enjoyed those for five days. There is definitely something fun about losing the division and then beating that team in the playoffs. It almost reminds me of deep – Deep NBA cut, but uh, Hakeem Olajuwon lost MVP to David Robinson, and he was just like, I'm going to show him. And he dropped like 30 a night on David Robinson. <laughs> He's like, that's my MVP, dude. So that's kind of like if the Bengals go into Baltimore and win that game, it's like, that's my division, dude. Like, I know you want it, but that's me. Um, but I almost feel like it's more fun to have the home playoff game, though, because yeah. then it's like the Paycourse Stadium gets a home playoff game. It was so electric for the Raiders game. It was so electric this season so far. I mean, it'll be it'll be a place to be. Um, so I think the Ravens one is fun, but I will go with the home playoff game and winning the division. So I'll just be the wild card, and I'll go wild card. And I'll say for two reasons, because that would more than likely mean – depending on, on the outcome of the five, five and three record. Again, we can do this disclaimer. We can do this because we're sending right out of a bye and we'll see what happens in the second half of the season. Then it'll get really fun if we talk postseason. Uh, but we can be optimistic right now. They're five and four. They beat Baltimore the last game of the season at Paycor and then beat them again in the wild card right after. I mean, they, say, say that they just had so what the Jets. So what the Jets did to the Bengals in 09. Oh, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> It was like Sanchez. Sanchez beat him, which was unbelievable. Well, Revis, Revis beat him. You're right, I but I just remember. Yeah, it's like how's how's Mark Sanchez winning playoff games? Uh, but yeah, so I kind of think it would be sweet. There's two reasons. You beat them in Baltimore. All the hype. Baltimore has this easy schedule to finish out the season. They get their hats and. What a taste going in their mouth going into the rest of the off season of, you got to pay your quarterback or not. Are you paying your quarterback? Your quarterback has only won one playoff game? Well, they should, but that's a different story. But will they after his record? It'll be one and four. I, I have the hot take that I think they franchise tag him twice and trade him. I don't know if they – for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like they're going to. Like, they would have paid him by now, right? I, I'm going to look stupid when the contract extension happens, but, like, yeah, they probably would have paid him by now if they were going to pay him, right? <laughs> I don't know. I just want everything to just fall, just fail. I want it's all to just be like, it's all, all we hear is Baltimore. They're not, they're not playing. Uh, they're, they're better than their record. They have an easy schedule to the second half of the season. And I think it could be fun to just kind of ride that route differently. And Hey, have Cincinnati be the underdogs again in the playoffs, have them be that wild card and just rides into every game being the underdogs and not getting picked to win that game and just proving to everybody. And it wasn't really the offense in the playoffs uh, and besides the Kansas city game. Cause I want to give Joe and the offense credit for that second half comeback, but it was, you know, Lou 
the defense. And I just I still trust in it. And I think it could be a lot of fun, but it really does feel like week one of the playoffs start in Pittsburgh right now. It truly okay. does. So quick question. What do you think is the most important game remaining? Only one. Yep, just one. I'm going to give you a softball answer. I'm going to say Pittsburgh right now. Oh, me too. I think if they lose that one, I, I feel way worse about their chances of making the playoffs. Five and five. That's on paper, probably their easiest remaining opponent. I know it's a division game. I know it's TJ Watt is back. It's a tougher matchup than it seems. You, I knocked on wood win. because I'm like, gotta win, on the, gotta win in the division and you gotta beat the teams that you should beat. So I think that's the most important one. I think I was trying to think, what do you think is the, uh, I feel like the answer is there, but what do you think is a sneaky game that you shouldn't, you know, look past not Pittsburgh, but what, what game do you think is like, don't just count that as a win. New England. Oh, okay. I, I think on the road in Tennessee. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because people forget about Tennessee's defense. They're I'm like six and three. They played the Chiefs really well. Yeah, I remember defense. what happened to Joe Burrow last year in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about luck, no quarterback would ever go to the ground nine times in a playoff game or we'd ever want that to happen. So I can't get that out of my brain right now of the defense. So no, I, I you can't. You can't look past it. Um, you know, I agree with you on the Patriots too, though, because when you look at their defense statistically, it's the best pass defense by EPA so far. And that is going to be an issue. (laughs) No other way around that. I don't think that they'll be able to just go bombs away on the Patriots. Bill Belichick is in his bag again. And that defense or no, not that defense, but in my head, I feel like it's going to be snowing. It's around Christmas time. And I don't know. I, I think I have bad memories of Brad St. Louis on Christmas Eve when um, he totally messed up and all they needed to do was make that field goal to secure a playoff spot. I want to say that's what happened in 2006. Um, it's really weird that I remember that. But, yeah, so I, just bad Christmas Eve memories. And the um, it was around Christmas time, the Miami Dolphins-Bengals game that kind of helped them lead to Joe Burrow. It was around that weekend, which was wild. What a game that was. All-time game. I was sweating that one out. I was pacing like, you can't win this game. And then they came back. And I'm like, well, great job, but keep losing. All right. Last question. Last question. Home game. Both of them are home games. Which game do you think the Bayons have a better chance to win, Chiefs or Bills? I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs because it's – I know. I know they don't want to lose to Cincinnati. I know they don't want to lose because remember they lost that game since I didn't win it and they don't want to lose that again. Quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so annoyed, but I just think nobody had them in the AFC championship game, except Boomer only guy to pick them on the pregame show. <laughs> I think I picked them. James Rapine picked them in our all Bengals, but I, I famously picked against them every game in the playoffs other than the first week because I, I didn't, I was the one guy I was like, like I'm the only one going against it. And I got to keep the streak going. Then luck ran out. I I think they do. I think they do. And I think the, it's honestly, we can't, we can look at a game in this in November and it could look totally different in January. We could look different December 4th, but yeah, I'm going Kansas city. I'm going to be the devil. They're going to go three and L against them. I'm going to pick the bills because I think they're the worst team. After all that talk in the preseason and all the hype, I think the Chiefs are a better team than the Bills, just straight up. They're both home games. One's at primetime. 
uh, whether you believe in primetime curse or whatever. I don't, so I'm not, I'm not considering it. Not at home, maybe on the road. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with, I think the bill in my mind, the chiefs, they might match up slightly better because the bills have Stefan Diggs, and you don't have a guy that can take him right now, but I mean, the Chiefs have a Travis Kelsey and they've got an Andy Reid and they've got a Patrick Mahomes. They've got a heck of an offense too and a better offensive line on paper. Um, So I'm going to go with the Bills. I think think that's the game more likely to win. Hopefully they just win both, honestly. That'd be awesome. But here's the thing. You said they had Patrick Mahomes, they had Travis Kelsey. I know. I saw both of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Bengals beat them before. I should be confident that they could beat the Chiefs. And I am. I do think they can. I I think they can beat the Chiefs. Picking between the two, though, in my mind, I'm just like, I think think the Chiefs are just a better team. They're just more well-constructed. I could see the Bills. This is a hot take, and I'll make this quick. But my hot take is the Bills don't win their division. They're losing it right now. (laughs) But, like, you would think that Josh Allen could come back and, like, find a way to win the division. Yeah, but they're in the same spot the Bengals are basically because the Dolphins have the head-to-head on them, and I think they have division record on them because the Bills winless in the AFC have, East. Or they haven't won a division game. Yeah, so they're winless in the division, and the Dolphins are a game over. They're kind of in the same spot the Bengals are, although I don't know rest-of-season schedule strength for those two teams, and I know they're going to play again, just like the Bengals are going to play the Ravens again. So I think it's definitely possible they don't win their division. It's possible the Bengals and the Bills are both on the road in the wild card round of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think straight up Chiefs are a better team. So I think that the Bills are the team that the Bengals have a better chance at winning against. I think those are both really just 50-50 games yeah. at home against a team that on paper might be slightly better, although you have beaten the Chiefs two times in a row. <laughs> Whatever stock you put into that, I think you put more into it than I do. I get a little, I get nervous about that. I'm too hyped. They definitely can. I know that you watch that and you're like, they can beat them. They could beat them. Maybe they should even be favored in that game. In my mind, I still go, ah, Andy (laughs) Reid. I I would like it not to be where they're down by 11 at halftime. Like maybe another story where they're winning the game at halftime. That'd be great. Where they start good. Yeah. Yeah. and, And finish good. That'd be great. I don't need like uh, Eli Apple stopping uh, when they get greedy at the goal line to go for it. And then he gets stopped, which is just a game change. I'll never forget that. Uh, But yeah, maybe I'm too confident. Here's what I hope as we get into just a grind for this team. I hope in two weeks we're talking, we have that confidence going into the Kansas city game. They get two wins in a row and we're like, all right, all right. Kansas city's coming to town. That four o'clock Tony Romo kick. And it's home. They're coming back here where the atmosphere is hard to play in. Um, I hope I hope that's where we're at in a couple weeks because it's crazy that game is in December versus January, and then you get your January slate. And I hope those games mean something. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, I hope the Bills-Bengals game has a lot on the line. Uh, that'd be cool. And then I hope the Bengals-Ravens is for the division. But Wouldn't we'll that be wild at home for the division? Um, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited right now because we can be optimistic because you go into buy with a win, it feels like you can celebrate it for two weeks, and then you get an AFC North game and you gotta have this one again. We'll preview predict that later this week. What is on all bangles right now? I took a bye week, I'll be honest. Good for you. I thought about doing content and then I was like, I- I'm just not gonna burn myself out because it could be a playoff run coming. And uh, I felt pretty burned out by the end of that. <laughs> Although I was like, I got to keep pushing content out. 
Um, so I, I took a bye week. Sorry to my fans. Yeah, you're really disappointed his fans this week. But uh, make sure you go check him out on Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. He'll have breakdowns. He'll be fun to watch during the game. He'll just tweet random stuff, maybe just like I do, at LNDS Patterson. And uh, we'll have a fun, fun episode coming up on Thursday. Thanks, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.